The scripture that we're going to look at, and which we have been looking at, is found in John chapter 10 and verse 10. Let me just quote it to you. It says this, the thief, we know that's the devil, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. The Amplified, of course, says to the full in abundance until it overflows. So this life of God that Jesus came to give us is not just quantity. Certainly it is quantity, but it also is quality, the God kind of life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we open up our hearts to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Speak to us today through the book and by the spirit of the living God. And we'll make sure that we give you alone all the glory and all of the praise. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Will you go ahead and be seated? And I'd like for you to look at Romans, the fifth chapter, if you would. And we'll look at verse 17, Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. And by the way, we are going to get a new pulpit for down here, but this will suffice for today. I've got to bring it up a little bit, seeing as how I'm almost seven foot tall. I kind of feel that way sometimes in the spirit. Other days I feel like a runt, but somehow everything balances out, right? Amen. In the fifth chapter of Romans, we've looked at this. Romans 5 verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more those who receive abundance of grace, we talked about that, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Amplified says this, that we shall reign as kings in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the prerequisite for reigning as a king in life, the prerequisite is to receive two major things that he has made available to us. Amen. That's number one, the abundance of grace. Thank God there's daily grace for you and I. There's layers and layers and layers of it available to each and every one of us. The second thing that we receive, which qualifies us to reign in life, is the free gift of righteousness. Aren't you glad that he's put you in right standing with God? And you can stand in his presence as if sin never existed before. Amen. So if we're going to reign, we must receive. Say that if I'm going to reign, I must receive. How many receivers do we have here today? Have you received the abundance of grace? Have you received the gift of righteousness? Then that puts you in a wonderful position to reign in life. Amen. I love it. Well, receiving then, of course, I said, is a prerequisite for reigning. Understand this, that you are a king. Amen. And you are in the kingdom with kingdom dominion. I'm going to say that again. You are a king. You are in the kingdom. When you got born again, you were delivered from the power of darkness and you were translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You're a king. You're in the kingdom and you've been given kingdom dominion. Now somebody says, I'm a king. Please 
show me that in the Word of God. Somebody's wondering today, where's the Scripture? Well, I've got the Scripture. You know, you just can't make statements like that without backing it up with the Word of God. And the Word of God clearly tells us, I believe it's in Revelation chapter 1, in verse 5 and verse 6, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. Oh, hallelujah. We could camp there right there. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In his own blood. You've been washed. You've been separated. You've been sanctified. You've been made alive. You've been made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Now notice in verse 6. I want you to read this with me. Ready, read. And has made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now we are one of the kings that He's the king of. We do not take His place. But He has joined us with Christ. And he that is joined unto the Lord has become one spirit. Well, he's the king. But he's made you a king. He's made you a priest unto God. Oh, thank God. And not only are you a king in the kingdom with kingdom dominion, but he's also given you keys. He's given you keys not to the kingdom, but he's given you the keys of the kingdom. There's a difference between the keys to the kingdom. You already got into the kingdom. But you've been given the keys of the kingdom. Now, if you've got the keys to the bank, that's right. That's wonderful. You can get in the front door. But if you've got the keys of the bank, you can get into the vault, baby. And there's a vault Heaven's vaults. There's heaven's resources for you and for me. Oh, glory to God. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And whatsoever you bind or not permit on earth shall also be not permitted in heaven. You're a king in the kingdom with kingdom dominion and you've got keys. He has placed a whole lot more in our control than we realize. He has given us his name. He's given us his word. He has given us his spirit. He's given us the ability to praise Him and to worship Him out of our spirit. He's given us the keys of prayer. Oh, come on, somebody. And so then, we need to learn to take these keys of the kingdom and use them on a daily basis. We don't want to wait till Sunday morning to use the keys of praise and worship. We can praise and worship right in our own home. 
it's like Brenda just said, right in our family room, her and little Linda had their hand, the Pentecostal girls had their hands raised up and they were using the keys of praise and worship. And what happened is God came down in that little family room and he inhabited their praise and turned things around for her. And he is no respecter of persons. He loves you as much as he loves Brenda. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Oh, think about that for a moment. That'll set your feet to dancing. Amen. He loves me. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. And if he loves me as much as he loves Jesus, he'll not withhold any good thing as long as I keep my life straight. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ooh, glory to God. Well, I've already preached myself happy. Thank you, Lord. We're kings in the kingdom with kingdom dominion with the keys of the kingdom. I love Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Jesus said this. He said, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, Young's literal translation is a really good translation of the Bible. And I like how Young says it. He says it this way. Fear not, little flock, because your father did delight to give you the reign. To give you the rule. To give you the control. To give you the power to bind and loose. To make sure that the things that are subject unto you stay under your feet. To give you the reign. That's what kings do. Kings reign. Where the word of a king is, there's power released. Especially especially when the king is attuned to the king himself. Not just spouting off words out of your head, but words that come from the rhema, from the spirit of the living God, speaking forth the oracle of God under the unction of the Holy Spirit. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Do we have any decreers in the house? Do we have any declares in the house? I have given you the rain. Oh, I love that. Amen. And so kings have power over areas. So one of the things that I see that we need to make sure in our lives that we're exercising our God-given dominion and our reigning power over sin. Now sin knocks at the door. Temptation comes to each and every one of us. Did you know this? That it's not a sin for you to be tempted? The sin is yielding to the temptation. Now there is a tempter out there. But we don't have to be afraid of the tempter because the greater one is greater than the tempter. And here's what Romans 6.14 says. I love this verse of scripture. Romans 6.14. It says this. For sin... Shall not have dominion over you. You know, that's a great confession, isn't it? That's right. 
Somebody says, well, I've yielded to that sin so many times. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you confessed it, God doesn't remember it, and it's under the blood. And what you need to do is go to work on repenting and turning away and resisting the sin when it comes. For sin shall not have dominion over you. That's a great confession. Something you should be saying regularly. Let's say it right now. For sin shall not have dominion over me. Because I'm not under the law. But I'm under the grace of God. Mm. And because you are under the grace of God, the grace of God is there to sustain you and to strengthen you and enable you to resist the sin that knocks on your door. I said in my word that my grace is more than enough. It is sufficient for you. So lean heavily upon my grace in a time of temptation. Declare, sin shall no longer have the reign over me. I'm living in the grace of God. The grace of God is sustaining me and enabling me to walk free from sin and death. Amen. Now, over. I like that term, over. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ far above sin and death. And I have put all things under your feet. For behold, I have given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Glory to God. Get that revelation. You're seated in him. You're seated with him far above all principality and power. You're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. All things are under your feet. Amen. So resist the devil when he comes your way. And lift up your voice and declare what I have to say. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has already made you free. You're not trying to be free. You're already been set free. It's a law and it's irrevocable and cannot be reversed. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free. Glory to God. Free. I like that. Free from the law of sin and death. It supersedes that law of sin and death. Supersedes means it's above and not beneath. Now under this law of sin and death is not just sin, but sin also can bring disease. Under the law of sin and death, there's things like sickness and disease. There's also mental oppression. We do not have to be mentally oppressed. But rather, we can be established in our right standing with God. In righteousness shalt thou be established. 
Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. I just want to exhort you a little while today to remind you that you're above it. That you're over it. Hallelujah. No mental oppression for me. No losing my mind. My mind is my mind. The devil can't have my mind. My mind will serve me well my entire life and will be fully functional every day of my life until I breathe my last breath. How about yours? How about your mind? Do you have the mind of Christ? Do you have a sound mind? Woo, glory to God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Above. 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 And we are not beneath. Amen. Look at Psalms 110. And notice with me in verse 1 and 2. Psalms 110 and verse 1 and 2. A Psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord... Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a what? Making them a... (laughs) Making them what? Making them a, a, a footstool. Where? So he said, well, that's talking about Jesus. Well, it's talking about you because you're in him and he's in you. So he says here, sons, daughters, sit up in your rightful place in Christ Jesus. And I will cause the enemy that comes against you one way to flee before you seven ways. I will cause them to become a footstool woo where under 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 where under my feet yeah 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 now the victory is complete Jesus spoke, principalities made a show of them openly under my feet. The devil's under my feet. No, 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 no. Amen. If you got a message for the devil, put it right under your feet. (laughs) Stomp on that old rat. He is a defeated foe. Now look at verse 2, and I believe we're looking at the NLT. I love this verse now. Read it with me. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem, and you will rule. Do you get it? You're a king in the kingdom with kingdom dominion. And the keys of the kingdom. And you are to rule over your enemies. Now don't make the mistake of thinking that flesh and blood are your enemies. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers. The darkness of this world. Against wicked spirits in heavenly places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Stand, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Right on 3 Ephesians 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep that verse up there. You will rule over your enemies. Okay, that's what it was. Thank you, Lord. Please don't make the mistake of thinking that your boss is your enemy. Please don't make the mistake of thinking that your mate is your enemy. Are there things that need to be adjusted sometimes in our marriages? Absolutely, yes. But what we need to do as a couple is team up against those things that come against us and recognize that the enemy sometimes is even assigned to Christian marriages because he wants Christian marriages not to be a testimony of the goodness of God. The divorce rate in America among Christians is just about as high as the world. And all these strugglings in marriages really come as a result of looking at your mate being your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your mate is not your enemy. The government is not my enemy. Do I agree with everything in government? Absolutely not. But they're not my enemies. I have the power to bind. I have the power to lose. I have the power to change things in the spirit of prayer. Amen? Don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Listen, folks, it is a waste of time. And it will literally drain you to where you become depleted spiritually. And when the time comes to exercise your authority and use your keys, you'll not be effectual in it because you're too drained because you've been in the wrong battle. Don't go in the wrong battle. But rather, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on abundant life. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you have been called. You are not called to fight men and to fight women. You are called to fight the good fight of faith. And remember this, that your faith to be effective and for you to fight effectively, your faith must work out of the motivation of the love of God and the compassion of Christ in your spirit. Are you tracking with this? Yes. Raise your hands and thank God for it. Yes. Go ahead and pray a little bit. We stir up. We stir up the life of God on the inside of us this morning. We stir up the love of God. We refuse. We refuse to enter into the arena of the flesh and blood. But rather we enter into the arena of faith. Hallelujah. With our weapons ready. With our swords sharp. And with our shields ready. 
to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about over. We're talking about a lot of things this morning. Praise God for this church. And praise God for your openness and your heart and your willingness to receive from the Spirit of God today. It's a precious thing. So, one of the biggest enemies, say this with me, I will rule over my enemies because they have become my footstool. Now, one of the biggest enemies in the body of Christ is lack. Would you agree with that? Lack is not our friend. Lack is our enemy. That's why we should be saying regularly, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack. Say that with me. The Lord, you are my shepherd, I will not lack. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to you. You remember over there in, in the book of Genesis, we'll look at it in just a moment. Remember uh, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. God made man in his image. After what? Our likeness. Amen. And he gave man dominion over the fish of the sea, over creeps, all those things. Thank God we've got authority and dominion and reign over creeps. Amen. In this day, that's a good thing to be mindful of. <laughs> but I want you to notice in, in, in this setting, something that he said that is, es muy importante. Are you impressed with that? <laughs> Three people just fell under the power in the back row. <laughs> Extremely important. Something he said, now notice, this is the law of first mention. When something is mentioned first in the Bible, it has precedent. Because you'll see that precedent, that principle throughout, not just one book of the Bible, but you'll see that precedent throughout the whole word. It's the law of first mention. Amen. Amen. Now, in verse 28, there's revelation here, so stay, stay with me a few moments. Amen. Verse 28, and I, and I want to look at this from the Amplified Version. Amplified Version. Someone said the Amplified Version is the women's version. I didn't say that. Somebody else did. <laughs> now, notice this. And God blessed them. God blessed them. Say this with me. God has blessed me. And he said to them, be fruitful and decrease. No, he said, be fruitful. I just saw something. Let there be light. When he says be, that's an empowerment for what he said to be in our lives. Be fruitful. Bear forth fruit. Shave anything off your life. Prune it. 
that is not fruitful. Get rid of it. It's not the will of God. Be fruitful. Multiply and fill the earth. Now notice, here's another word for rain. The word subdue. Everyone say subdue. Which means take control. Subdue it. Subdue it. Using all its vast resources. He's talking about filling the earth. He's talking about the earth being filled with vast resources. Lord, expand our vision of that. Folks, there are vast resources in the earth. And he says, we're to subdue it. We're not just to say, oh, that's a nice verse. No, we're to take it. In other words, the vast resources in this earth, he did not make for the devil and his bunch. The vast resources that he placed in this earth are for his sons, his daughters, his kings, his priests, his heirs, and his joint heirs. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Now notice this. Using all of its vast resources so you can get 20 homes. Using all of its vast resources for your flesh. There's nothing wrong with having things. Don't misunderstand me. But there is something wrong with things having you. Using all of its vast resources, read the rest with me, in the service of God and man. Oh my goodness. We call for the vast resources to do the will of God, to serve God, and to serve humanity. To feed the hungry. To clothe the naked. To support the missionaries. And have dominion. Have dominion. I want you to see this. This is big in my heart today. Hallelujah. Prevail over the vast resources. Now, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. And notice with me verses 6 through 9. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Hebrews chapter 2 verses 6 through 9. Notice this. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 6 through 9. But in a certain place he testifies saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit as him? We're looking at Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. Or Haggai, excuse me. My, my bad. Haggai. Everyone say Haggai. Haggai. The book of Haggai. That's how Brother Hagin would pronounce it. Okay, so let's, uh, let's do a reverse. Like I just said, the book of Haggai. Amen? 
verses 6 to 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I'm going to shake the heavens, and I'm going to shake the earth. There are some things in the earth concerning vast resources that are going to be shaken and going to come into the kingdom of God. Woohoo! Glory to God. Right now, even now, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to shake the earth and the sea and the dry land. Are we seeing that? Verse, next verse. And, and I will shake all nations. And the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Say to me, he's filling this house. He's filling this temple. He's filling this sanctuary. He's filling my home with his glory. This is what he said, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 8. Now notice with me, right in the context of talking about taking dominion over the earth and all of his vast resources and the service of God and man, and right in the context of him talking about the glory of God is shaking things. He just wants to remind us, sons, daughters, kings, priests, heirs, joint heirs, the silver is mine. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine. And last time I checked, what's his is ours. So put your hand over your heart and say, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine. Well, if it's mine, why don't I have any? You haven't been calling for it. You haven't been believing for it. You've been poor-mouthing. Talking about what you don't have and what you can't do. You've got to stop all that mess. And start talking about what you do have and whose you are and whose you am. Now, I know that was a little hard. I apologize. But sometimes you just got to make it plain. It's like Sister Mabel would say when I get to preaching sometimes, she said, make it plain, Pastor, make it plain. I can hear her up there in that gray cloud of witnesses. Mabel saying, make it plain. Stop poor mouthing. Start there. Somebody says, I don't have two nickels to rub together. You don't have two nickels to rub together to say what the Word of God says about you. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. That's what the Lord is saying. Now notice verse 9. I love this. The glory of this latter house, that's the last days. We're in that right now. Shall be greater than the former. Whew, glory to God. Greater than Solomon's temple? Why not? Says the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give shalom, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Here's what I got in my heart the other day as I was studying. 
in this time of greater glory, expect the glory. Believe for the glory. Pray for the glory. And call for abundance. Because abundance is in the glory. I've come that you might have life in abundance. Till the full. Until it over. Woohoo! Call for it. Call for it. Now, there's a great revelation just in the word glory. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. C-H-A-B-O-D. And the definition for glory is heavy with everything good. Heavy with everything good. There's other definitions for the word glory. One is magnificence. One is brightness. One is superiority. One is Shekinah. The glistening glory of the Lord. Heavy with everything good. Bringing His presence on the scene for your daily life. You got to believe it. But another definition, and I didn't make this up. Another definition for kabod, glory, is wealth. How many of you know that when God shows up, He never shows up broke? (laughs) Say to me, when I show up, I never show up broke. Thank you, Lord. Call for it. I'm calling for abundance for your life. I'm calling for abundance for this church. I'm calling for it. I'm taking my keys and I'm binding the devil, but I'm loosing angels. And I'm making a faith decree regularly for abundance in your life and abundance in this church so that we can serve God even in a greater way and that we can serve mankind around us in a greater way. It is your Father's good pleasure for you to prosper. For you to have not just enough, but for you to have more than, more than enough. Say with me, He's the God who's more than enough. So, cooperate with Him. He's put certain principles in the Word of God that positions us for greater glory. Jesus said this, Didn't I say unto you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Believe for greater glory. Be a tither. Be a giver. Amen. Last scripture, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God together, and we're going to join our faith with some things. Lastly, turn with me to Psalm 115 and verse 16. Psalm 115 and verse 16. Hallelujah. This will resonate with your spirit, because this lines up with what we have been saying. 
Read it with me. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth. Read that last phrase again. But the earth has he given. He's given it to me. He's given it to you. Take authority over the earth with all of its vast resources. Hallelujah. How many of you would like to exercise some authority right now? Amen. I know that sometimes in situations in life, lack shows up. I know it's something that, you know, we have to contend with. But oh, thank God. I believe right now, as we exercise our dominion together, we can take authority over some lack. Amen. Amen. So I want everybody to stand up right before we receive the offering. Praise the Lord. Pastor Tom's going to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Save me, I'm a king. In the kingdom. With kingdom dominion. And I have the keys of the kingdom. Where the word of a king is, there is power. How many of you could honestly use more silver and gold? What about the rest of you? Well, if you couldn't use more, bring what you got in and then believe for more. Amen. I'm going to ask you then, how many of you could believe, how many of you could use more silver and gold? Keep your hands raised. Let's pray. Say with me, Heavenly Father, you said in your word that lack is my enemy. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we corporately take our dominion, we take our keys, and we come against lack. We come against poverty. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bind it now. We will not permit it in our families. We will not permit it in our church. We take our dominion over the earth and all of its vast resources. We loose the ministering spirits. Ministering spirits, go now. And cause the silver, cause the gold, cause the abundance to come in now. We declare that silver and gold comes to us right now. Comes to my family. Comes to my church. I expect it. I believe it. I declare it. I'm calling for it. I think all that's left to do right now is give God some praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Even right now, angels are moving on your behalf. Jobs are coming your way. Income is coming your way. Silver is coming your way. Gold is coming your way. The goodness of God is coming your way. 
Keep it active, says the Lord. Keep it active. Keep it active by declaring every day, this is my receiving day. This is my favorite day. This is my abundance day. Silver's coming to me. Gold's coming to me. Our church is paid in full. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. And you know what? I'm happy about it. You've got seed in the ground. And you're well positioned for abundance. We've got seed in the ground in this church. And we are well positioned. Oh, hallelujah.